Hi and welcome. My name is Ali Hart and I am the host of this podcast and you're listening and watching How to Build a Creative Business in a Noisy World. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Um, hi and welcome to the Hindsight Series. Just before we get started with Dave Linton from Madlug, uh, who can tell us a little bit more about himself and the company that he runs. Uh, I was actually researching at about three o'clock in the morning when my uh, third born was in with me my podcast and it seems that we're just going up the the visual arts charts and the business ones on the podcast so I would love if you would take just a second to subscribe or to leave us a little review because that really helps and it's lovely to be able to see the audience grow but without further ado I will introduce Dave or I'll let him introduce himself which I love now that I've been in a few podcasts myself other people's in the last week or two I'm definitely more aware that it's never easy to summarize what you do but hopefully Dave can do that for us and you're very welcome. Yeah it's good to be with you Ali and um, on your podcast so. Great can you tell us a little bit about you about Madlog even I was telling my boys before I went on air I was like do you know the bag do you know the bag and they were like yes so um, and we also want to get a little one too well I want a little one for when we go hiking but for the the youngest in our house. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Dave, Dave Linton and um, yeah, six years ago, I started a, a, a company called Madlug basically as a response to children in care, carrying their belongings in black plastic bin bags. Um, there are basically 90,000 children in the care system across the UK and Ireland, one move in every 15 minutes. And most of them have their belongings moved in black plastic bin bags or today's plastic bin bag is the plastic shopping bag which is equally temporary yeah. and um and so i i heard that it broke my heart and um and i started um a business called madlock a bit of context that ali is that um i'm married i have two daughters um teenagers so i'm i'm yeah i'm busy there trying to to, to keep them happy and um because of girls and COVID and, and all of that. My wife and I have a background in, um, in fostering. So we did um, um, short break fostering um, once a month with a, a girl from, she was eight years of age, still comes along and she's nearly 27, 28 um, wow. with her three kids under the age of seven. So um, we've done that. And then my oldest daughter is adopted. So okay. um so we, we basically, um, that's the background of how Mad Logan Children and Care have kind of come from. Yeah, which is, <clears throat> pardon me, very personally rooted, which is lovely as well to have yeah. that. Um, and then, so you've got the girls as well. So when, so six years ago, do you want to tell us a little bit about you, about your own journey to get to the, even that point six years ago? And you were talking about youth work when we were off air there as well. Yeah, sure. So um, so I spent 22 years as a youth work, worker. Six years ago, I was, was heading up, or about seven years ago now, I was heading up uh, like a youth community youth project in, in an area called Marilyn and Dollingstown. Okay. Um, two little villages between Moore and Lurgan. And um, I've cycled through there. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely spot of, the, spot of the world. But um, basically, I, I was there. We had, as part of the, the job, we had been given uh, uh, a house to live in. Okay. because they wanted us to live in that community and it was bigger than we could afford so we thought well with a little break let's maybe re-engage with some fostering right and um and that took took us into um a course the course was kind of tick boxing of you know we had done it a number of times it was a bit mm-hmm. a bit um a bit boring of us being honest and then week four they talked about these kids moving talked about the black bin bag and that's kind of where it came from but i think my story goes back even further because I've been asked this quite a, quite a bit on podcasts recently is, you know, what drives you, what route. And I think as a youth worker, my, um, I was always for the underdog. Yeah. I absolutely love the, the, the ones who were perceived to be troublemakers. Yeah. And I love getting alongside them, playing um, FIFA with them, um, getting to know them. And, and so that, that's a huge part, a huge driver in me is that 22 years of, you know, starting my career in Shankle Road in yeah. Belfast, just in the outskirts of trouble and then working, working through, just trying to work with kind of the, 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 the kind of underdogs and, and really believing that every young person is amazing. Yeah. So, um, and then people were saying, well, you know, where, where, where else does it come from? And, you know, last, um, I suppose where, where it comes from, and we were talking a little bit off air about this is, 
Um, I lost my dad when I was five. And my mom had um, no insurances. She didn't know how to drive. We were left with a house that we couldn't really afford to keep. Um, and, and as a result of that, lived on the edge of poverty. But it was significant adults, neighbours, people who became significant in our lives that kept me. And so from that has driven me to be loving the whole foster care space, the whole adoption space, because significant adults matter. Yeah. And um, although I wasn't in the care system, I was... Um, taken on holiday by neighbours who became non-blood aunt and uncles and um, and when you start to see that and then the final thing that that I can, kind of think drives me is um, last year um, my my mum passed away with cancer not COVID but she so um, it was about a year ago and um, and that's put a lot of reflection in and and kind of my mum raising us and modeling that um you know, she modeled something that was that was just amazing. Is that when she did eventually learn to drive, when she did um, get into a working environment? Because in the days when my dad died, it was you know my mum didn't work. Yeah. It was stay at home. One person stayed at home. Yeah. So she went and she trained and became an auxiliary nurse. Wow. And then she eventually went into trade union, working for Unison, and she was seconded at the end. And so I grew up, to be honest, with this um, modeling, which n- never really kind of put it in place until the last year or so where I I watched her bring alcoholics home to our house who were who were on their fifth sixth warning maybe losing their job she befriended and she went over and above her union capacity I listened to her on phones fighting for for the underdog fighting the support fighting and and all of that just shapes then whenever you're an adult you just go into you know I'm 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 for the underdog yeah, I'm for the, the the orphan. I'm for I'm not. That's kind of where the background drive of who I am. Well, it's it's so great to hear that, and also you know without getting emotional on a, on a Wednesday is this Thursday morning, but so April's the month that my dad passed away, and I was just listening to a podcast last night as well, and it was talking about uh, your upbringing and you know trauma when you're younger because losing a parent at fat you were five. I was it was I was seven. Um, but I really see that in my mum too. And my, my cousin rang me not that long ago. There was something in the family had happened about a month ago. And she said, oh, I've been trying to get your mum. And I, that was all my life was the same thing. Mummy was always the go-to for helping other people. And we lived in the country and we were quite exposed. But same thing, we would have had people at the door. My mum was a very open heart for that. And I think just looking back now at how... I parent and how I do rely on Michael and we're getting better as a team. We weren't always great at that, but I think you just learn on your feet, don't you, how to parent? Absolutely. Um, but I do think, geez, she must have gone through so much hurt, but still stepped out and still did all of that. Yeah, so that's lovely to hear that side of the story as well and that real um, driving force. And, and then, so tell me just in terms of, did you start with crowdfunding or how did Mad Lug all, because did you just knock on a few doors and ask people to help out or did you just, what way did it start? Yeah, it's a bit surreal. So I, I um, alongside my kind of background, I didn't do well at school. I failed, um, got on grade in the GCSE um, business studies, no business background. The only thing I suppose in, in youth work I learned was organizational um, leadership. And so whenever I had this idea, I remember kind of thinking, I've got to, I've got to fix this problem. And my initial thought was, um, to go back just to young people and collect their old school bags, you know, because most, most kids change every year. And yeah. even if they don't need a new school bag, they change it. That's the, the kind of culture. And um, the more I thought about Ali, the more I realized that actually um, the problem was bigger than just our local trust. Mm-hmm. And we needed to do something on a bigger scale. And then my most natural was to set up a charity. Yeah. And fundraise. Um, there was a couple of reasons I didn't do that was one being dyslexic and being in youth work, the funding application stuff was something that I really didn't like. Yeah, It wasn't really great. I was great at getting alongside young people, but not the kind of raising money part. And um, and also is the funding pie was, wasn't was increasing. In fact, it was probably decreasing in the sense of the world of funding and, yeah. and charities. And I felt, you know, I could, I knew I could go on and communicate and get a bit of energy with this, but I would just be slicing the pie yeah. The organizations that were doing great service, like FOIPIC and Clued Youth and Foster Networks, and that they would be, it would just be taken away from other services. We fix bin bags and create a problem in another area. Yeah. So 
Um, so that was that was it. I remember sitting in in a conference about four years before this, um, hearing the the guy Blake McCoskey from Tom Shoes being interviewed, and I thought that's a great um, business model, and I'm really interested. And I just was inspired by it, thinking, "Ah, oh, that's lovely. It's you know, and that's a great thing." Um, read his book just because I, I that I kind of read when I'm learning something. When I was learning something and enjoying something, I, I read it. And then um, never did I think I would ever think about using it. But then when the yeah. bin bag thing, I wonder, could I use business to do this? Yeah. And, um, you know, bag for bag. So I started asking around people. I, I went to um, Voipick and asked them, is there a need for this bag? You know, uh-huh. it's, it's been bags real. I started asking lots of social workers. And um, I spoke to my wife and my wife looked at me and thought, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea. But, you know, you're not in business because there's this mindset and in, in, in that we kind of carry is that, you know, you need to have money, you need to have education, you need to have a family background in business to do it. Yeah. And um, so it was a great idea, but it's like, we don't have any money. And we, we didn't, we, had, we were youth workers. We had enough to pay bills the end of the month. And, um, and none of us have business backgrounds or family with business backgrounds. So it's, um, she said, I said, well, I'll tell you what, Judith, we'll, um, if you support me on this, just be prepared that I'll make a commitment to raise my salary through a number of different avenues. So the Brilliant. safety of one one source yeah. um, will go and just need to support me on that. We'll not, we have no money to use. That's all, that's our only, your commitment. I spoke to my, my business friends and particularly one good friend, Michael, and he, he, he was like, yes, Brill Dave. Um, brilliant idea, but this is Northern Ireland, not North America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and he, he, he has basically said a number of things about Northern Ireland, which, which is, is so true in many ways. He says, you know, at this stage, six years ago, which brand do we wear that's come from here? And the only brand that I could put my finger on was the O'Neill Sports brand. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's changed world now. I mean, you know, small businesses, lots of yes, kind of brands right. and all. It's changing. Yeah, six but, years but ago, you're right. Yeah. We were we were kind of like you know um, ahead of the curve a little bit in that, and um, and so he says like you know we're importers of brands rather than exporters of brands, yeah. and he says what we also is we absolutely love our brands. So six seven years ago, we did love our Hollisters and our Jack Wills and stuff, but there's a tendency in our culture where. We don't mind it if it's last season and we're getting out of TK Maxx seventy percent off. <laughs> you know, because that's we've noticed that with London. You know, you, you yeah. it's just a different mindset. But, yeah. but we absolutely love this brand. So my friend said to me, like, "This is Northern Ireland. How are you going to do it?" And I um, and I just went, you know, what? I was just stubborn and probably ignorant a wee bit. In fact, probably more so ignorant than I than I realized. You know, um, and I had five hundred pounds in a name. Yeah. And I, I started. I started to think through. Well, okay, I'll use that five hundred pounds. Um, I couldn't afford the crowdfund because I couldn't afford because it didn't have a background. It didn't have in business. It didn't have all that. It was just being too risky. If I had failed it, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I needed to get traction before I ever done that. Yeah. So so um, I said I'm five hundred pounds. At five hundred pounds, and the five hundred pounds, um, and I and. Being a youth worker, you know, you sat down with your Mac and you'll get this as a creative. You sit down and you think, well, you become an all-rounder. So it's like I, as youth work, I made videos, I yes. did logos, I did all that stuff. And so I'll sit down and create my logo and and, um, and the 500 pounds will help me get some some product. Yeah. Um, as a result of it, I met a graphic design graduate that I knew and for a cup of coffee, I said, so, um, what do you think of logo? And he went, that's rubbish. I wouldn't wear that on a bag. <laughs> and the pain, the pain off it was like, you know, I still look at it. I've got it in my journals and I've got, you know, the for early days concepts and stuff. But the pain off it was like, oh, it hurt. But is it the same one you've still got? No, no, no. 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 Okay. And so it was, there was something I learned in business in that, in that moment. I, I decided that I am going to, um, that there's a cost business yeah and if i can't if i'm getting so precious on a logo i'm never going to grow this yeah that was the number one learning so i took 480 pounds right i paid 40 percent of a deposit with that 480 pounds to an amazing design company called studio stereo okay in belfast and said look would you design me uh 
a logo and come up with a couple of concepts. Mm -hmm. And so I put the deposit down. I didn't have any money for the remainder and they came up with it. And um, the, the Mad Lug logo was the one we, we went for. And it was the one that I least liked at the time. I've learned that in art. And yeah. is, is if you like something straight away, you get tired of it quickly. There you go. Um, That's a great line. And, um, you know, the, if you listen to an album that you love, um, first listen, you'll stop listening within a few weeks. Right. So it takes a bit of, you, you end up. So so I've always, I've, I still today do that. I tell uh -huh. the team, you know, if you like, if you like a concept first off, we're not going with it. Yeah. Um, and we'll go. So I went with a Mad Lug logo, no money, the 20 quid left from the 400, the 500 pounds went on my first month um, store subscription. Right. And, and then I, I got a couple of samples literally made and simply um, went live with just holding samples saying, please be patient. It may take yeah. three, four weeks to get these. So to date, we have not had any investment. Um, we have grown it just by reinvesting from that 500 pounds. Brilliant. That is, uh, I'm glad you've kind of paused there too. I want to ask you, so the same with me. Um, and my husband always says, be careful how you word this, but... Uh, similar thing, I didn't have background, didn't have money. We lived off Michael's salary for all the years that we, um, until I started to make money about three years ago. But, um, and, and I was a photographer for about four years because I thought that was the only way I could make money that was, I knew what we were getting paid and it was pretty steady and it was good. And yeah. then I sold all my equipment so I couldn't actually photograph, do photography anymore because I knew I wanted to do the paintings and we had a similar conversation where I was saying to Michael can you just go with me in this you know and he's like with two small kids and he's mm -hmm. like he said everything in my salary just goes out but um I was just going to ask you so same with me I've never had investors and sometimes I would I've, I've been in those money moments where you think can someone just come along and say you're amazing I'm gonna throw 10 grand at you but I, I'm glad now that I haven't that hasn't worked i know it does it works differently for different people but how did you feel in those moments when you had that 500 because listening to you talk I, i've been trying to really think about because people are asking me a lot about my own journey and um, now that exposure has grown for my work and and i do have to try and remind myself of those days where i think i always believed it would work i just didn't know how how, how did you feel can you remember or was yeah, it just absolutely. driven or just up in the morning and no, I'm 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 not superly driven. I'm I'm pretty cautious, so I'm not a okay. I'm not a. I think being cautious has been the key. I don't I don't I don't play the the card. I don't believe in the card that's out there in business is high risk, high gain, because mm -hmm. all you hear is the high the few that win. You don't yeah. hear of the the loads that don't win. Um, for for me, I look back and I, yeah, at that time, five hundred pounds. You think I wish I had five hundred thousand. Yeah, and um. And you start to you start to think if only with this money, and you start planning as how do I get investment, how do I get money, how to, and it drives you. But looking back, I go the greatest gift that I've had in this has not have is being um, not in that place of not having the money. Yeah. Because when you're when you you're not having the money, you are more innovative. Mm -hmm. So you find solutions to problems. Yeah. And you build and and the issue with a creative is that we're very visionary. So you see the end result. So yeah. I have a picture of the finished picture. Yeah. And and the risk is that at the start, if you have all the money, you, you sell that picture to the investors or the people or the money people and you, you make the wrong decisions. You don't maybe you're, reach it, yeah. You've basically went to the wrong location too quickly. You've got the yeah. wrong product, wrong stock levels. You don't know the customer. Yeah. Um, so I see it as the, as, the greatest, as the greatest gift not having the money. The other, the other part is that, um, you know, for an example, is nine months into it, we got listed as a new radical by Nesta and the Observer. Okay. So that gave us our first Guardian kind of um, profile nine months into it. And we were only turned over maybe a couple of hundred pounds a month. So I, I, wasn't, yeah. I was doing a bit of consultants. In fact, I, in fact, I was doing part-time youth work. Okay. And it was the hardest year because I, I didn't have the vision for it. Uh -huh. and, and I just had them a notice and saying, look, I'm going for this. And I did a bit of consultancy in social enterprise space, but um, Guardian contacted us and um, we were listed as one of the new radicals, 15 new radicals um, across all UK. There was two, two companies from North, or two organizations from Northern Ireland, ourselves and another. Mm -hmm. And the other one got 500,000 startup funding. 
from government okay yeah um to do their thing they're no longer there today yeah because they went to the wrong location to run their business and and got too many people overhead was too big and because the funding allowed it so imagine five hundred thousand, you'd be like whoop holiday uh, yeah i i believe i wouldn't be i wouldn't be here today i, I, I agree i think i'd be the same too but uh, I, and i and i look and i do look at it being part of some programs and stuff and yeah there's tech worlds where you need but i think there's a risk where the goal in itself is on being an entrepreneur the entrepreneur yeah. is the vehicle to make change or to deliver on Impact. Yeah, and I love so, that as well. I love that at the minute I'm learning as well a lot about like entrepreneur because sometimes people would use that with me and I don't know how I feel about that. It's not really something I would use in my own profile, but I agree it's the journey. It's like the, it's not about the final, that it's about the entrepreneur, like how you make that work from A to B to C. Well, it's 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 even it's even not an end. It's not the goal, um, but there's a tendency, I think, in culture where it's become the goal. It's like it's like saying, "I want to be a teacher," but the teacher is only the vehicle to educate children. The drive yeah. is to educate children, yeah. and the the vehicle, the entrepreneurship, is to for social entrepreneurship. It's I want to make a social change, and I'm going to use entrepreneurship to yeah. deliver on that. Yeah. And um, but I think if you make that the goal, then what happens is you just spend your life chasing money to enable you to be that person. Yeah, and that, that's another conversation I've been having now. I want to ask you about your team as well, but uh, I now have two people in my team. It's very exciting. And I actually said the words to a friend who, but like you're talking about business friends, I have a few business friends who are just, they're a different league, but they're really good mentors without meaning to be. And I used the words to one of them there last week. I was like, I, would, I see myself having 20 people on the team. Um, I just don't know when that will be, but I now see that that could be, something but um whenever you were growing the team or you talk about we 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 when, when did that start for you that culture started from day one okay so i i've never went to me i said we from day one because for for starting madlog i got people around even volunteers and i classed them as we Brilliant. um and um, and I always had a context that this was going to grow into. It was more than me from day one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that 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 kind of that's been from day one, basically. Yeah, I talk about team, Ali and team, and did that from whenever I just had one person too. I do think it's quite a good psychological. You feel a bit more supported as well, don't you? Really, with that? Absolutely. It's a it's a mindset, you know, that that you have to have. I think. Um, and there's there's a lot of people who don't want team. That's fine, but we suppose we we use the, the one of the key things that we have used to grow Madlog is um, a thing called story branding, mm-hmm. and and the whole concept of that is you um, you become the guide, not the hero. Oh, I love that. So so the customer is the hero, uh-huh. but you then create that throughout your team as well. So the thing is, my job. And I love this because of being a youth worker. I was empowering equipment. My job is to make my staff the heroes. The job of my staff when they're in places to manage others is to make their staff the hero. So if everybody's being made a hero, they move from hero to guide, guide to hero, hero to guide. That's great. And you keep that, but you use that then as the external in the sense that, you know, um, you're solving problems. You're, you're, the, the, you're making the customer the hero. So, so, so in some ways, we don't even talk about you know, we're very customer focused and saying we, you know, we want um, you to empower you to make a difference. You don't have to set mad log up now, but once we introduce the problem, yeah. if it moves you, we can empower you to be a hero in, in a child's life. Yeah, that's great. The um, So I not I didn't work in youth work, but I worked with young people with learned disabilities. And then I worked with the traveling community and a lot of council oh. across communities. And similar thing about having a real heart for the underdog and and also just getting alongside and loving it. I just remember those drives um to all different parts of Belfast and being a little bit like what am I doing here for 30 pounds for a full day's work but at the same time my car boot was full of art materials and I had a blast and I would still bump into some young people now um I, I and I worked one-to-one with social services and that was really they were beautiful times because they were um, young people who've been abusing drugs or had been abused themselves. Do you find that 
uh, with so we would I would have been trained in person centered planning. Okay. So the idea is that it's the, the the child, the child. So if a child comes into a room and they've maybe been abusing solvents, so there was one young boy who had been abusing solvents from when he was seven. So it, it, when he came to me, whenever we worked together, he was 11. So I would set up a room because, well, I think all children now, sadly, because that was back before phones were a thing. I think everyone's attention yeah. span is smaller and smaller, but because um, it is instant gratification. So it really pushed me because it meant I had to set up different stations. So when he was finished with the play, well, then we moved on to something else. And there was a real innocence in that too. I remember you thinking he never liked these stickers, but he loved the stickers and there were dogs because he really liked dogs. But I think my training with social services and, and all the different work, youth work, I, I think that's actually helped me in my business. Now you're talking about storytelling and about customer first and about, I don't find it just as easy with, with me, not the saying that yours is easy, but yours is quite straight cut that with one chat, you know, bag for bag. But I do find that I feel like I'm here for more than just painting a pretty picture. And I think all that training comes into that. Do you, did you have any not training this i didn't approach a training but i used to go on courses and I, I took every course that they sent me on so is there anything around that that you want to talk about or is that just yeah. from your a, cu- a couple of couple of things i was i was in fact i was just talking to our chairman just before this call and i was saying about we were talking about the, this kind of stuff that um how how much um mentoring investment courses i think as a youth worker i had no budget for training I yeah. always envied my business friends who would spend 500, 1,000, 2,000, travel to different conferences. Um, I, would, I would go to conferences in little halls and watch the same thing on a screen that yeah. people couldn't be bothered going to. Yeah. Or I would have, um, you know, I would listen to podcasts or out of, you know, um, before podcasts, I would have gone online or I was just anything opportunities um, I would, had to learn. And I think that has been huge. In fact, what I've, what I've realized, and I've had the opportunity to keynote stuff and to speak in leadership stuff. And, um, and, and I've been at Queens a few times. Like, I don't have a degree to my name. Mm-hmm. I don't have you know, much of an education. But what I've learned in those 22 years of youth work and continue to learn is that I have a, I'm a sponge. Yeah. And, right. and actually, when I went to this, I wasn't being sent out of duty. It wasn't a day out of the office. It was a day because I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the defining. And I think youth work gave me that and low lack of budgets and all of that. Just had a hunger to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And valuing the time that you get on that, you know, valuing the fact Absolutely. that you can soak that up as well. Um, well, just then to switch gear, because I don't want to keep you too much longer. Can you tell me then a little bit about the power of social media and how that's changed over six years since you yeah. first launched? Because the reach is un- unreal, really, with it. And then I want to talk about IKEA as well. You've got the yeah. bags are now, um, didn't they? They picked up on that, which I love that because... I think about you having that conversation with your wife and it just feels very real to me and me speaking to Michael and Michael not really fully understanding but being supportive and now the fact that you can reach people all over the world and it's happening. Could you tell me just a little bit about those small conversations at the start and then this vision or not even a vision but just the growth via social media. Has that helped you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah I think social media has been huge it's definitely changed from when we started to what it is now and actually harder i think now than it was when we started so when we started you could go on a live video hold up product yeah and um and it just get traction without spend you find it hard to get traction these days and so we still don't spend to be honest it's i don't think you do yeah i think it seems they're very organic yeah, I mean, part of that has been we've been um, we've had some challenges with with one of the social media platforms um, yeah. over the last six months um, that we haven't been able to add and put spend on. But okay, um, but in the in the to be honest with you, in the seven six years that we've been going, you know, we've spent no more than ten thousand pounds on marketing, which is you know I know companies and social businesses that are spending ten thousand pounds a month just on to one get campaign. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, you know, and they're 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 getting turnover. We're we're trying to be organic, but there's also a reason for that. Is it organic? And also is we don't want to grow sales at a pace where we haven't got the capacity to give. So we're okay. journeying that giving back Very into good. local authorities. 
And if we, we want to be able to deliver on it rather okay. than just be business first, business first, business first, as far as profit, profit does good. Yeah. But um, so we find, but we do find social media harder today. One is that it's just a lot more um, cluttered. One is that you need to spend money on it. And, um, and we haven't gone into the TikTok world yet, which, you know, that seems to be the place you have to go. So. Well, it's changing quickly. I know that everything changes. And, and um, I think you talk about the dinosaurs. It'll be a dinosaur soon. But TikTok is, is quite a good one, actually. You could really have fun with your staff on, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, mm-hmm. we're just trying to get the staff into that. So we've, we hired, actually, just before Christmas, a sales and marketing um, okay. exec. So we've got a graduate in there now. Brilliant. Uh, doing all our social, doing all our emails. I think our strategy is that, we're trying to really build content and lead generators that are dialogue and do marketing through emails that's kind of where we're spending and isn't it it's quite good i think as well for me so we've uh, we've i ran a 40 pounds advert from between december and now and it was just because i couldn't have a guy that sometimes taps in and runs ads uh so at christmas but again arts are tricky you have to get the story tell the whole concept right but I've never really relied on ads, but I can also see how you do, you do need them because it's eyeballs that you're not going to necessarily reach. Absolutely. We've, <laughs> we've used, to be fair, we've used P, traditional PR more. Yes. So it's, it, it, we've, we've kind of, for the last um, number of, couple of years, we've had a PR company that's, that's been, because when we give the bags that we generate to local authorities across the whole UK, yeah. there's a PR story and that's so what we need is that to be told and that's got us so some natural stuff we got is um through that was two-page spread in the Flybe magazine Amazing. which you know that that and that was free apart from the PR company doing it we got um you know we've had um yeah that, that was the biggest one the PR company got but we've had local you know kind of um in areas across so all that organic reach then comes from yeah. that you know mine was the same actually i had nicola and i just i, I was running the other day and ran into her and was telling her I, I really want to do this this painting here and i'm trying to do a lot of belfast ones that i used to run away from all of that and now i'm like i want to i want to enjoy yeah. my city and paint about it but i was telling her i was like in september august september i want to do to work with you <clears throat> and for it to be a bit more methodical you know before i relied a lot on her whereas <clears throat> I'm excited about like being able to be a bit more. This is where we can go with this. And she now knows my work as well. But um, the flybee thing's really interesting because, uh, excuse me, there's another guy and he travels a lot. Well, not since COVID with business, but he always said to me, I want to get you into one of the airline magazines. Um, so that's brilliant, flybee. Well, I, there's so many things I would love to just keep picking apart. Can you tell me just even a little bit about the bags before we wrap up? And then I want to ask you about what you're reading. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah the so, bags. so the so the bags the bags that we have are classic design. So when we were the five hundred pounds, the issue was that and having no bag background either. I just I love bags. It, yeah. it was an easy enough um, thing to do, but the the kind of um, looking at being innovative, looking at functions, being all of that was we didn't have the money for that. So it was a matter of looking around, went around the shops and every brand had a classic backpack with the one pocket on. And so I felt, you know, well, we'll just go classic and be innovative with our story. So we've learned to be storytellers and keep classic. Uh, Even that's how we have, it's become our brand, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was because the finance wasn't there at the time, seven years ago, everything was patterns. Yeah. You know, school bags were patterns. It was like, nobody had a a blank bag, even, um, and, and so we, we, that's whenever the bold logo came in, it was like, let's, let's be classic, have an identifiable logo in there that's bright mm-hmm. and, and be innovative with a story. So that's been our, our model. So we've tried to keep that classic. We've brought some bags in that are a little bit more innovative. They've got yeah. plugs for um, power chargers and things like that. But the, the core of our core product is still the best seller is our classic backpack or the roll top backpacks. And would you then, is it a case of, which we didn't really get to touch on there. So with the young people in care, um, so like last week or last week, last summer, I was working with fostering and I did to run online workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely fab. And actually we were able to do it that it was young people with their siblings as well. So yeah. do you get to engage with any of the young people or what way does that, how does it? Some, sometimes we do. 
and um, but rarely our our whole thing is just raising the the funds to give the bags. So yeah. we, I would do more motivational stuff with young people yeah. in the sense of you know here's the brand, here's the story of the brand. I'm not afraid of telling them that and saying you know you guys are incredible, you're huge value huge worth, deserve to be treated with dignity. That's our drive. Every time you see a mad lug bag being worn, somebody is saying, we see you, we love you. Oh, it's fab, yeah. So, so that's the kind of kind of stuff um, I, I do. We get the odd letter or foster care. We, we connect our young person. But um, generally, we're sending thousands of bags to local authority. So it's, it, for us, it's, it's, that's our role. Yeah. We have, we've, we've just set up a mad lug foundation. So... Okay. We're a locked asset business, so I actually don't know Madlog. Right. Um, so all the asset is locked. If it's if um, I'm an employee in it, mm-hmm. if they cease tomorrow, all the asset would be transferred to a charity or social enterprise working with kids in care. Okay. Um, that means that nobody can ever challenge me on, oh, you're building a big fancy house in the country. Yeah. You're you're living off um, a sad story. Um, we're we're clearly committed to that. But what we realize is the group be commercial skill set to grow commercially mm-hmm. um as the bigger we are growing the bigger customers that we're having is that we needed to have somebody equally as focused on the giving so we separated it out Very and good. we just transferred the giving into a, an official charity now of which Brilliant. we have a plan to do everything else but that charity will not be we, we have no vision for that charity to, to be an employer of social workers or to be engaged we see it mm-hmm. really as a, a collaborative an right. umbrella that we can work in collaboration with the people who have got all those, those and isn't it so cool to think, well at two points i want to just say before i forget what i love about it is having worked with young people like that and i really want my kids to be more exposed to just well our, our church actually that we go to is a lot of um asylum seekers so um and there so even whenever the kids are all together there's uh, virtually they're the only young people who are um like originally from Northern Ireland and they, but they all get on. It's just this beautiful language, all colors, all creeds. Mm-hmm. So I um, love that mad log bags, whether my young person who has mom and dad and, you know, both employed essentially middle-class wearing a bag, but then there could be a young person who says in care where there's no there's no difference like it's the the bag is the bag and the bags with all children no. yeah so so the bag is different that we give because we didn't sat know down, that so we sat down with young people um who through foypick and we 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 basically did a dragon's den i, I okay. right at the start and part of the thing was i asked what is the the issue of bin bags, when is it used? What how can we solve it? And we came yeah. up with a number of things. At that time, Madlug was unknown. Okay. And they didn't want to be stigmatized. So so it's so the idea of having a branded bag. Now that's very different now. We we give lots of bags out branded to kids yes. in care. But but the main bag that we give is a little fold away. Okay. So travel bag. And it came because they said they didn't want a logo on it, brand on it. So when it was folded out and usable, yeah, it didn't doesn't have the bag we give doesn't have anything that says Madlug on it. It's just ah, a, it's right. just a, it's like a gym bag. Um, they said that um, they didn't have a lot of space. Sometimes they lived in residential centers or homes. Yeah, they only had a sock drawer, so nowhere to put luggage. So okay. we folded up into that pack and mac kind of approach, and they loved the words value worth dignity that we were using. Yeah. So that um they wanted that on the bag so we put the, whenever the bag is folded up That's what it, it goes you are incredible value worth dignity and then just a little mad look and and so the and the other thing that was space was social workers were arriving unprepared so mm-hmm. if you think the practicalities of uh having a box of backpacks or a box of suitcase or you know three or four suitcases you're, you're going to take it out if you're going to be to your family and not put it back in and suddenly you have nothing to do, only have you something to move their belongings in. Yeah. So um, so this this particular bag, one of them opened up, holds 20 of them folded up, which means that one gym bag in the back of a social worker's car can help one child with lots of stuff or 20 children with few stuff. And they even told us that they didn't want it to be superly big mm-hmm. because if you had some children, actually we hear that have nothing, 
and yeah, some yeah. that have lots. Yeah. They didn't want to reinforce the problem by having a big bag with nothing in it. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, and it allows us the logistics of sending thousands. So like by the end of the summer, we'll be nearly at 48, 49,000 bags to children to care right across the UK. Amazing. So that even you think of logistics is the bigger the bag, the bigger the boxes. Brilliant. The, yeah. So we're, we're... Would you have that? That's the other thing about I talk about the creative. The creative path is rarely straightforward, and I think that you're a shining example of that. And I'm sure, is you're talking about making the charity, the separate charity, about putting it all in, so you can't. Or what is it you call that? Whenever that's you... it. Yeah. That, yes. You know, those are things I'm sure you didn't even think about when you had 500 points. Yeah, but then you know, getting people to be around, mentoring you, reaching yeah. out. You know, so there was like. First thing was confess that I had a social entrepreneur um, program. So there was never money, but there was there was um, support on helping you get the legal. But not support. even the money. I mean, just as in, would you have believed that you had to make those decisions? As in, that you're thinking until you're in it, or did you always yeah. believe it would have to be? It would be big. Yeah, I, I think I, from day one I believed it would be big. That's why I did it. Three thousand really? children in Northern Ireland. We could have run a marathon. I or maybe I couldn't have run a marathon because I, I like my coffee too much. But yeah, you know, we could easily have fun with um, you know, coffee and buns and yeah, uh, the world <laughs> for a, a, yeah, rather than um, running or you know, climbing a mountain. So the the thing is that we could have raised money to get the three thousand kids in Northern Ireland. Yeah. We could have we could have done, but um, the problem's global. So there's ninety thousand in the UK. If you take America, there's half a million kids in the in and they the standard is in America is two trash bags. Yep. So you know it's a global problem, and I just felt at that time we were fixing a problem. Where we are now, Ali, is this, and this is the creativity. Suppose anybody starting a business is you don't always you don't always um, you start with what you see mm-hmm. and where you get to. So one of the, one of the key things that I've learned in in Madlog it was that. Um, it was just a simple way of getting money to give bags to kids mm-hmm. so we had no bin bags but I remember it was a two two and a half years ago we were at Summer Madness in Glen Arm we had been there for about three years before selling bags so it was one of the places one of the few places where you would see lots of mad lugs being carried because we had been there consistently every year mm-hmm. out of 1500 young people that were there there was 300 of them carrying mad lug bags we counted mm-hmm. so every group had a uh, and it was just phenomenal a youth worker from whole glass area came and says we're um you know was buying a bag for his wife and he said we have we have a young person in care as part of our group and i went there's no risk of stigma here there's no risk of tell him to come down mm-hmm. and choose a bag a backpack choose his color he doesn't even have to talk to me because you know that youth work thing yeah. where they're really yes. in the center but when they yeah. see him in the park they drop their heads yeah. <laughs> i thought it doesn't have to be this is not this is what i've learned is this is not about dave feeling great i was going to say that yes yes you can this tell is not, this is this is about us just genuinely helping the young person mm-hmm. and and so he just has to pick his color let you know and i'll give it to you for him the last day they come the youth worker comes down with this young guy 17 and a half he says hey dave this is jay and um, and so I'm Jay. What color bag would you like? He says I'm colorblind. I says um, what football team do you support? He chose a red bag. I give him a red bag and um, says what's your story? He says I've been 15 years in care. I've had um, my, in, in a two week period in that 15 years I moved 15 times with my belongings and bin bags in a two week period. And he says um, because of drugs and um, stuff like that and uh, and. He says, um, what you do is what you do is amazing. What you do is amazing. He kept sending me, thank you. What you do is amazing. I looked outside the marquee where we were selling. There was all, all these young people I was just mm-hmm. see. I thought tears started coming down my eyes because you know that moment whenever you get to, I can't believe I'm here. Mm-hmm. This, this experience. And I, I, I had to apologize because the tears couldn't get hang out. And um, so this guy saw emotion as well, but he turned around and he, I said, what's really amazing, Jay, is this? There's over 300 young people in this camp hmm. that are basically choosing Mad Logo for East Pack Kank and all the other bags that they could do. Why? Because every one of them believes you're incredible. Oh. Jay walks off, big smiles face with his red bag. He comes back later that evening as we were pulling the stand down. He had a girl half his height, she had frizzy hair, smile from ear to ear. I had never... I, I, in the 20 years, I've never seen a young person smile so clear. Mm-hmm. And, 
still today, I don't know her name. She didn't even speak. She just smiled. He had told her the story and he says, Dave, I'm back to tell you that, um, to say thank you. He flung his arms around me, gave me this huge hug and away he went. Two days after Summer Madness, I get a message through the um, Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. I met Dave Linton at this event. Um, I'm going to be a teen soon. And I've decided for my 18th birthday, I'm going to give all the money that I get to the work of Madlux so that our young people can experience what I experienced. And it was at that moment that it moved, Madlug moved from, for, for me from, from this little thing of just generating money. That's our little act of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but actually, it's the empowerment of people in cities across the world um, communicating this love without words, this nonverbal communication. And, and the impact of that, just you are incredible. So the little bags that they're getting, if they have the bags, if they're not, through the motivational talks, through the opportunities of sitting down and encouraging young people through Twitter and all those kind of mechanisms that we spend our time in that space, we're connecting them to say, every time you see this, yeah. and, and young people in care tell us, they feel lost in a care system. They feel that nobody cares, nobody sees them. It's not like homelessness where you walk outside the street and you see somebody and you have a perception. Mm-hmm. The only people who see the care space are foster carers, professionals. And, and, and it's a concept of everyone's paid to care. So we've got this beautiful thing going on where people are paying for bags, paying to care, yeah. wearing it with pride, communicating, and practically giving kids a bag so that they have no bin bags being used or plastic shovels. And bringing it right down to individuals because that, it's that physical active. It's not like we're doing all this so we can raise all this and just throw a big, but it's like individual, each individual. It's great. Absolutely. And, and you, have to, you have to have that because when you, when you are in this space, we, we get a lot of comments saying, why don't you just give them backpacks? Why don't you give them suitcases? Why don't you... And we keep going back to, and we've been asked to go into homeless space because black bin bags are used there. We've been asked to go into prison spaces because when people, the young prisoners leave prison. Yeah. And, um, and we've said, um, we've said no to all of that because it, for us, it's about the, the place of that individual, that yeah. one child, that unseen. And that's our, that's our, that's our bag. That's our area. Brilliant. Um, so if I, if I could say one thing to anybody starting a business is find your black bin bag story and the big story. Yeah. Don't try and change the whole care system for us. Don't try and fix the whole problem that you have a heart for. Yeah. Find your black bin bag because that helps you organically connect and grow something. And that's been our success. It does. And especially having a story as well and, and having a, um, like you're saying, it just when you talk about that story with Jay, it made me think there about, you know, if I write a, a post about grief and I have, a mother contact me and say I haven't you know typed in two years and I wanted to just put this together to say I read your post and I get it uh, thank you for sharing do you want to just tell us what you're reading you're talking earlier about when you really want to learn something you soak in do you want to just finish up by telling us what you're reading and thank you for sharing all of your story and the story of the whole business yeah so probably at the minute I'm not reading a lot of them, to be honest and leaders need to read um, but because of my dyslexia I tend to use a lot of podcasts so I go through seasons where I'll either read audiobooks probably the best book um, in fact I know the book I'm reading at the minute is how to be how to become a rainmaker how to oh, okay. how to, how to um, have on the train myself how to do seals um, you know and, and how to do a rain so yeah so I'm using that at the minute is who's uh, that by I feel like I know that book I can't even remember somebody. It's 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 a uh, it's all grey book that that somebody gave me and says here it's it's all about formulas. You know if you oh if you yeah contact four people or how many calls can you do a day? And I'm just we're just trying to create a culture of um, Mad Lug has been so organic, mm-hmm. but now that we have a team of there's there's um, five of us and, and one girl on top of that out and on maternity coming back, so I'll be six staff. So yeah. the bigger the team, the bigger the overhead. We just need to be that organic to intentionality. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm learning to lead on. One I really like, and I actually sometimes I hate being a leader, but I feel like I can't grow unless I do be stand up to it, um, is that Brené Brown has a, I've been listening to it in audiobook. It's quite good about leadership. And it's quite nice to hear her talk about uh, whenever her staff try to tell her that she really you know, when she storms in on a Monday and wants to do this and see that, but also her staff have patience for her. And I feel like that is really important too, because you have to have the big ideas and the creativity to. Absolutely. But Absolutely. thank you for oh, your a time. Pleasure.
I really could just keep talking to you. So it'll be lovely to maybe have you on a live or something on IGTV at some stage. Or... Yeah, let's do it. Um, absolutely. But, and um, all yeah. the best. Anything um, that is out at the minute, any new product? Like, and I know that you're saying that you're very centered and it's the bag is your classic. The little bags are out at the minute. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, we're continuing trying just to to build to build product that's that's engaged in the whole family. So for us, it's we we have a dream of being a bag company from birth right through. So it's a little bit harder to get the the the, the diaper or the the baby chains bag, but that's our dream. We would love to get that from that too. And so the we we start off with a classic. We have the little junior classic, so we call the kids classic, which are great kind of. Um, all the age but then we brought out the mini and the classic as well mini, so yeah, it's uh it's it's small and we we tended to go off children's um title for that just because we saw it people could and it makes a great kind of like day bag in the sense yeah of everybody, so it does it does well all the best and i'll probably have you back to continue this because there's so many things that even get to Absolutely. ask but um keep doing what you're doing and i'll uh pray well, over it all and just it's been lovely to to hear how you've made it work um thank you for that thank you um, and people can find you at, at madlog isn't it yeah so there's two two sites where you can find us is madlog.com or if you're a business owner and you want to madlog your business we have um we've moved into that kind of corporate space um so www.madlogyourbusiness.com as well so there's two different um streams Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you everybody for watching and for listening. And as I said at the start, if you could leave a little review, that would be amazing and subscribe because we've now doubled, I think, in the last while again. So it's been great to have that growth and the people just engaging with people because, you know, I love to spotlight and share stories, but I will see you and hear you on the other side.